your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Colts and the NFL. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Last Word. My name is Jeffrey Gorman. I am joined each week by the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. We're bringing you things from the offseason, getting ready for a 2022 season that is an eternity away. There are playoffs happening, Matt Taylor, across the NFL. The Colts are not part of uh, some of the uh, passengers on the Colts ship. They're departing, and we're starting right there. Matt Eberflus, Matt Taylor, he is now the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Let's talk about that defense. What does that do for no man in charge right now? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a big loss for the Colts because Matt Eberflus is a great guy, a great coach, and I mean, listen, you don't get hired to be a head coach in the NFL on accident. So obviously, the Bears see something that the Colts saw. Uh, as he oversaw this defense for the last four years. So the Colts did some really good things on defense the last four seasons. They showed a lot of consistency and developed a lot of good players. And the core of this defense has only known Matt Eberflus as their defensive coordinator. So, yeah, I would say this is a loss for the Colts and something that they're going to you know spend a lot of time on and thought on in terms of bringing somebody else in here that can coach to this standard. As odd as this sounds, thank you. A great hire by Josh McDaniel on on Eberflus coming right. to Indianapolis. That's the strange twist of this story. Now, a big a big thank you to Chris Ballard, uh, Frank Reich, and as well as Jim Irsay because Matt, they could have run him out after McDaniel did his U turn and headed back to, uh, up northeast. But they didn't. They said, hey, we got a quality guy here. He's going to do well for this franchise. And he came in and did it. I mean, three times holding opponents uh, to top 10 marks in the NFL on a defense in the course of four years. uh, That's pretty impressive. It's tough to do. There's a lot of points going up in this NFL, man. No doubt about it. And there's some elite quarterbacks and it's a passing league. And and you're exactly right. That's something that you need to be proud of. You know, a top 10 scoring Developed young kids. I mean, Kenny Moore's under his wing. You know what I'm saying? Precisely. Darius Leonard. I know he's a freak athlete and stuff, but I think it's going to sting a little bit and I want to ask you anybody from the inside looking to take that position or will they go outside I think we're going to find out I mean as you said I mean a big reason why the scoring defense was as good as it was is because of the takeaways now to be fair a little bit it's not as if the defense can't get better or more consistent and you can't tweak it and and try to find you know some better results in the passing game because passing defense and slowing down elite quarterbacks that was a little bit of a recurring issue, right? The last four years, the Colts haven't been a big blitzing team, and so therefore they relied on the front four pass rush. They would have liked more out of their pass rush. Um, and then for the second straight season, right, we've talked about this, DeForest Buckner is your leading sack getter, which is not a great thing, you know, for the overall health of, of the pass rush and getting sacks and things like that. And since 2018, the Colts are last in the NFL in completion percentage allowed. They got better down the stretch in, in that regard this past season. But as we saw over time, quarterbacks would just get too comfortable on the Colts. Versatile tight ends have had some big moments on the Colts. Quarterbacks getting out on the perimeter on some design runs or bootlegs. That was troublesome at times as well. So it's not as if this Colts defense can't get better. It can improve, right? The pass rush, slowing down elite quarterbacks, getting stops in crunch time in the fourth quarter. Those would all be things that you point to. But again, Matt did a really good job of setting a standard of how the Colts defense is going to play 
getting those turnovers. So it's a really big moment in time right now for the Colts. They've got a solid defense, a lot of core pieces in place. We've talked about that. Buckner's here, Leonard's here, Kenny Moore at, at the slot cornerback position, a really solid safety duo in the back end with Kari Willis and Julian Blackman. Those players are here, and they're ready for more. So I think this is a really attractive job because of that. But I think it's a little bit too early to tell if the Colts want to promote from within or twinker with bringing somebody else in from the outside who might have a fresh perspective or you know a, a little bit of a different take on the defense. Names are going to be down, you know, dancing around. You're going to hear this, that, and the other on. Hey, maybe he'll go there, or maybe he'll end up there. Uh, but as of right now, I don't think they're pinpointing anyone. I haven't heard through the grapevine or any anything that uh, you know a Vic Fangio name being tossed around. But he's in line to be. Uh, for other positions are out there. We saw Quinn. We saw, right. uh, you know, with all these coaching changes going on, and he's going to try and grab some coordinators. Eberflus is. I don't think yeah. it's done. I don't think it's done is my point as far as the coaching staff goes. Um, excuse me, of the Indianapolis Colts. I just don't. I think he's going to, you know, handpick a few assistants that are going to be poached out of the Colts system somewhere. Not just Matt Eberflus, but others. That's just how the NFL works, Matt. Yeah, I think, you know, we saw a report earlier today that Dave Borgonzi, the linebacker's coach, uh, he yeah. might be headed to Chicago with Matt Eberflus, and you know, obviously he's done a great job developing guys like Darius Leonard and Bobby O'Carey came in. What a, uh, a big jump he took this past season in his third year in this Colts defense. So that would be a big loss as well, but hey, anytime you have success, the rest of the NFL takes notice, and uh, opportunities come, and you got to replace it. That's why you know Frank Reich and Chris Ballard always have a short list of candidates in case things like this happen. So they're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. Don't get caught up, I think, Jeffrey, and, okay, it has to be a 3-4 or a 4-3, right? I don't think that matters nowadays because teams are always playing that hybrid defense and, you know, you're in nickel packages and dime packages, you know, 60 65% of the time anyways. But one thing we do know, whoever comes in, they're going to have to preach takeaways and point total. That's what it's all about for Chris Ballard. He talked about that at the end of the season. All that matters is do you have more points than the other team and defensive point total, man, that's what it's all about. You got a turnover machine in number 53 in Darius Leonard, and I don't mean him spitting the ball up. You know what I'm talking about, about him having a knack for knocking the ball out or recovering a fumble or a beautiful interception. Who's ever coming in has some talent on that side of the ball, Matt Taylor. But I'm telling you, here's what I'm hearing on this show, which is the last word, by the way, right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Here's what I'm hearing. A lot of loss. Oh, it'll be a loss of a defensive coordinator, a terrible loss to Jackson. We had a loss to the Raiders, a loss. A lot of losses going on in the Colts camp, Taylor, is what I'm getting at. And I know one guy who's a little ticked off. If you follow him on social media, especially Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, he's not afraid to let you know what's going on on his mind. The other day, we saw this. You and I talked about this off the air. He had a tweet. It says, you can see clear as day in the final eight NFL team playoffs. You need a quarterback and an offense who can score 30 or more in regulation and a defense that can hold an opponent under 30. Now, this comes after that meeting everybody's talking about, Matt, immediately. After the Jacksonville Jaguar loss a few weeks back, he called Frank Wright and Chris Ballard into his office on that Sunday night and said, hey, we got to talk. We got to go, you know, tell you what's going on. I mean, he talked to Mike Chappell from Fox 59 and CBS 4, you know, an exclusive interviewer. He just talked to, obviously, frustration every, everywhere. Matt, when does this change? 
When does a bit of the negativity and the loss, quote-unquote, in the Colts camp, when is this going to change? Because there, there's a, a lot of people, and it starts at the top, that are really ticked off, man, really, really upset the way the season ended. Well, I think watching the playoffs, that's that's made it more difficult, right? That's made the pill tougher to swallow because you feel like the Colts can compete with anybody, but as we all saw or are seeing, I should say, during these playoffs, Right, There are a few key pieces away in the passing game on offense. We talked about needing to slow some things down on passing defense, right? I mean, if you look at it last week in the divisional round, eight teams left, six of them ranked in the top ten in passing, right? And of the four teams left this weekend, three of those teams rank in the top seven in passing. Now the outlier is San Francisco, but even they're balanced, right? They're seventh in rushing and twelfth in passing. So th- there shouldn't be any debate, I think, that you know, a Jonathan Taylor-centered offense is, is good enough to lead the Colts into a postseason and make a deep run. But as we all know, the Colts need more out of their passing game to force teams out of crowded boxes, which is what they saw down the stretch. If you look at the AFC, I mean, it's, it's the best conference in the NFL by a mile, and it's stacked, Jeffrey, with great quarterbacks, and they're all young guys, right? Patrick Mahomes is 26, Josh Allen's 25, Joe Burrow's 25, those quarterbacks, those teams, they're not going to go anywhere. And, you you know, you also have to have playmakers to boost the offense around the quarterback. So, again, it's just been a tough pill to swallow for the Colts. You miss the playoffs, and then if you watch the playoffs, it's clear what's needed to go on a deep run here in 2022. And you missed some draft choices. You're not talking about Matt Taylor. That's a one and a three for Mr. Carson Wentz, so they will not be sitting in the first round this Precisely. upcoming draft. You know, it's uh, that's what we're looking at. So there's a lot of stuff to be handled. And obviously at a coordinator position, we're going to find out more about the Colts and what Frank Reich and Chris Ballard want to do, um, you know, in, in that department. Again, tip of the hat to Matt Eberflus. Uh, Matt, I used to joke with him uh, when before the season started, when we just got back from training camp and he came and talked to us. And I said, what when are, when are you going to make the jump? He knew exactly what I was talking about. Um you know, off the, off the air. When are you going to make the jump? Oh, you do. It's just I a thought, matter of time. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like, hey, I thought I had a shot last year at it, and, you know, it didn't work out. So I'm looking forward to rolling this year, and we'll see what happens. And exactly that happened. I mean, Matt Eberflus, now a head coach in the NFL. He's Matt Taylor. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. This is the last word on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Solomon Wilcox, our buddy from Sirius XM. He's the NFL insider, former player, great guy, friend of the show, like I said. Played for the Bengals. Well, they are in the AFC title game on Sunday. We're going to get his thoughts on the season that wrapped up for, or that haven't wrapped up rather for his Bengals, but how they wrapped up for us, Matt Taylor. He's going to talk to us after this. The last word, 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The last word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Don't forget to download the weekly official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insights, and interviews regarding your Colts. This week, Mike Chappell from Fox 59 and CBS 4 breaks down his thoughts on the Colts season and the chances of Reggie Wayne making the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mike Chappell has a big say in that. Go Reggie. Let's go. 2022. You can hear it on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network anywhere you download your podcast. Welcome back to The Last Word. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. Matt Taylor, voice of the 
of the Colts here. Uh, we are talking weekend football. We're going to preview what's going on in the NFL playoffs in a little bit. But first, but first, our buddy Solomon Wilcox, he has football all the time, Matt Taylor. I wasn't able to be there, but you were. Earlier this week, Voice of the Colts sat down with the former Bengals safety and Sirius XM NFL insider Solomon Wilcox. They started talking about the spectacular action we've seen in these NFL playoffs to the point of this is the best show in town. Yeah, I think it shows you that our game is alive and well. Um, you know, we've got so many young quarterbacks, too, right, that are coming coming up and capturing our imagination, whether it's Justin Herbert, whether it's, a you know, a, a Joe Burrow, obviously, with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, just to name a, a few. But then, shoot, Josh Allen, the job that he's doing to be able to go toe-to-toe and battle Patrick Mahomes, who's still a young gun himself. And this guy already has helped this team to win six uh, division titles. They're now hosting their fourth consecutive AFC title game. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs are becoming that dynasty that we saw under a young Tom Brady with the Patriots. You get the sense that Mahomes and Andy Reid are building something special. And for whatever reason, they're not going away anytime soon. No doubt about it. And, and did you ever think leaving 13 seconds on the clock up by a field goal, that would be too much time? I mean, did you ever think that that would be enough time for any quarterback? I did. I can tell you the Bengals played um, that same Kansas City Chiefs team at Paul Brown Stadium week 17. Right. And Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, you know, he was caught trying to figure out how do I score but not leave time. And (laughs) I could see him working it out. And the fans were getting upset because they just wanted him to score. Right. They were, you know, they weren't getting the fact that he was trying to accomplish two things at once. And, And that's exactly what they were able to do. They were able to score while at the same time not leaving. Patrick Mahomes, no no time on the clock. I've always said the best defense against Patrick Mahomes is to leave him standing on the sideline next to Andy <laughs> Reid. That's the only way you can stop that guy from scoring. Because once he steps on the field, it's lights out. And I think the Bills found out why. Unfortunately, they did. No doubt about that. That's Solomon Wilcott's NFL uh, analyst for SiriusXM and the NFL Network. And again, you played with the Bengals for four seasons including the 1988 season, the last time the Bengals played in the AFC title game. You guys would go on to play in the Super Bowl that year. You still live in Cincinnati, Solomon. And before this year, it had been three decades between playoff wins for the Bengals. Uh, I'm a big Cincinnati Reds fan, and we know about the last few decades of under 500 baseball in Cincinnati. Uh, The Bearcats just made the college football playoff. The Bengals are rolling. What's it like in the town right now of Cincinnati, and how much did the city, those fans, need this from a sports perspective? They needed it. You know, listen, it's been tough times all around our country, right? Living and working and trying to manage through a global pandemic. Um, And then when they decided to play the games and let fans in, Mm -hmm. uh, which we didn't do one year ago, right? And even got the college football season underway. And you had the UC Bearcats beating um, the Notre Dame fighting Irish. A lot of Catholics in this town who love Notre Dame. They revere <laughs> the fighting Irish <laughs> of Notre Dame. And then for the, for the Bearcats to beat them, it was nirvana. I'm telling you, you <laughs> just like utopia. And then the, for the Bengals and Joe Burrow so quickly do what he's done unexpectedly. And he has brought a kind of swagger and a confidence 
to the city and to the team that no one saw coming. It's it's not cocky. It's just a real right. um, slice of of American humble, um, you know, hardworking young man who's from uh, the state of Ohio. Right, grew up over there in Athens, and he comes to Cincinnati. I, the people here relate to him very well, and he relates to the people here very well. They recognize him as one of their own. And then for him to come and speak the way that he has, saying that, hey, get used to this. This is the standard now. We're going to be doing this every year from here on out. That's what he said. And 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 by God, he went out and won the game against the number one seed in the AFC. Um, yeah, everyone is just on cloud nine. And no one, and I can tell you, no one expected to be one game away from potentially going back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, Again, let's stay on Burrow because you followed him with the Bengals from day one. Everybody thought he was going to be good, but but with him specifically, Solomon, how much further along is he in year two compared to where you thought he would be at this point? And I knew he was going to be great. I can tell you right now, I, I put my hand on stat because I, I said it then, I'll say it again. He came out of a program where he ran a lot of pro concepts. He had to manage the protections. He had to manage the hot reads. Had to manage time on the clock. We saw him play into, in one big game after another. Right. Went down murderer's row through the SEC and then beating Clemson. I mean, he was he showed us that he was the number one rated quarterback against pressure, against the blitz. And he's done that again this year. He's been sacked more than any other quarterback, but yet he's completed a higher percentage of passes than any other quarterback during the 2021 season. He's pushed the ball down the field in yards per pass attempt more than any other quarterback has this season. And he has the highest quarterback rating of any other quarterback during the 2021 season. So a lot of the things that he's doing, it's not surprising me other than the fact that his leadership and how quickly he's been able to lead and get it all turned around. This is an organization that ended up with the first overall pick in 2020 for a reason, because they were the worst team in the league. And now they're one of the best teams in the league and he hasn't even played in a full 32 games yet in the regular season. So uh, that has surprised me how quickly yep. he's been able to lift the franchise um, to, to places where they have not been in a very long time. That's Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety with the Bengals, NFL Network, and Sirius XM. You talked about the offensive line and the Bengals allowing nine sacks and Tennessee still winning the game. A majority of that pressure, though, came from the inside and when Burrow's hanging on to the ball for well over two seconds trying to make a play. But how much does that Bengals offensive line worry you in the AFC title game coming up on Sunday in Kansas City? Well, it worries me a great deal, <laughs> Matt. There's no doubt simply because – and I it worried me going against the Titans. I, I didn't think we could block Jeffrey Simmons, and I was right. He got three of their nine sacks. Uh, I do think we'll do a little bit better job against the Chiefs. Uh, while I respect Chris Jones – uh, I don't think their pass rush is as good, even though I think they can be, uh, particularly with the crowd noise there at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, but what Joe Burrow has showed you that he's an outlier. He can overcome the lack of good pass protection and still function and run the offense. Right. This is rarely seen now, particularly for a young quarterback. And I think I was telling some people, I said, the difference between he and Justin Herbert, for instance, who is phenomenal in his own right, and I think probably more talented, but Joe Burrow is more like Tom Brady. He's got ice water running through his veins. The guy, the more you hit him, 
the more he's going to get back up, dust himself off, and he's determined to beat you. Mm-hmm. And and Herbert is not that way. Not There are a lot of quarterbacks that aren't that way. The more they get hit, the more they're looking for the exit. They're chucking and ducking. Brett Favre was the kind of guy that if he got his jersey dirty, he knew he was in for a fight, and you better know you're in for a fight. He was not running very easily. That's who Joe Burrow is. He expects to play a tough physical game. He would have it no other way. Most quarterbacks aren't wired that way. This guy is. So uh, if they're not able to protect him, he's going to find a way. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 the Joe Burrow that we've come to know and love in the short time he's been leading the Bengals. Solomon, if you take a step back a little bit, and we kind of talked about this earlier in this interview, and we talked about it earlier on our show, but if you look back a little bit, Joe Burrow, as you said, 25 years old. Mahomes is 26. Josh Allen's only 25. These teams and those quarterbacks – they aren't going anywhere. So what does that mean for the rest of the AFC? What does that mean for a team like the Colts who are trying to break down that door and, and take that next step starting next season? It means the Colts better go find themselves a guy, man. <laughs> and we, you know, we thought Wentz was that guy, but even Coach Frank Wright said, look, in order for this team to go where we want to go, this is what Carson Wentz is going to have to do. Carson's got to do it. And I don't know how long you wait on the quarterback when the other 52 guys are ready to go. Right. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's ready to go. Okay. DeForest Buckner's ready to go. Okay. Darius Leonard and, and Quentin Nelson. These guys are ready. Ryan Kelly, they're ready to go. You, you, you can't sit and waste another 16-game regular season of those guys putting in the kind of effort and we're all playing around the quarterback position waiting for him to lead it's it's tough they're in a tough spot because it's not like they're they're past those early years of when Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard were rookies mm-hmm. you had time no time's up now you got to go now right because I, I can tell you right now the Colts can compete with the Chiefs the Colts can compete with any team in this league we've seen them they beat the Patriots they beat some of the best teams in the league you know they're ready this team is ready. I think they're well coached. I think they're well ran. I think they're well stocked from a personnel perspective. They just need a quarterback right. who realizes it and can play. I, I do believe Carson Wentz has skill set. Now he has to show the mindset and temperament of a champion. I think everybody agrees with you, Solomon. Solomon Wilcox is our guest, by the way. But but what is your belief in him? What's your belief in Wentz that he can take that next step, become more consistent, and complement the running game with Jonathan Taylor? See, my belief has nothing to do with it, because I can tell you right now, there's been times that I believed in him and he came through. There's been times I believed in him and he didn't come through. Mm -hmm. If my belief has something to do with it, he'd be winning championships for you right now, (laughs) because I thought, I really thought this was the year he was going to do it under Frank Wright. So I think the answer has to be, and even the better question is, how do they manage this, right? Did they give up on him now? They can keep him for one more year, and then they can get a, they have an out on this contract after 2022. And I think the money that they're paying for him this year is negligible for a starting quarterback. Right. But I do believe you got to bring in um, some competition. I do. You got to believe you got to have someone who's who's saying, "Look, if he don't get it done, coach, I got you." And 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 if Carson Wentz sort of chinks under that kind of competition, then he's showing you who he is. If you're really worth your salt, Jimmy Garoppolo, they went out and drafted this kid. Jimmy G's still giving his best, still playing yep. to be the guy. 
That's what you sooner or later, all of us got to work to compete, to keep our jobs in life. Right. Or to keep our place, our position. It's not guaranteed to us. It's not bequeathed to us through some certain special circumstances that it's going to be forever. Right. And so uh, it'd be okay if Carson Wentz had to go out and earn it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know that he's earned the right to come back saying it's my job and my job only. And I don't have to compete for him. I don't, I'm not so sure he's earned that right, but he has earned the right to be able to come back to compete for it. No doubt about that. I think a lot of people are nodding their head agreeing with you on that. That's Solomon Wolcott's former NFL and Bengals safety. You see him on the NFL Network and hear him on Sirius XM. Final couple of things, because the Colts were a very physical team this year. They relied on Jonathan Taylor as he merged as one of the best players in the NFL this season. But as we're seeing here in these NFL playoffs, Solomon, you know, you look at the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, they're throwing the ball all over the place. And a lot of that obviously has to do with great quarterback play. But but philosophically, can you win in the playoffs with the identity that the Colts want to have on offense and that that be a, a run first team, if you will? Absolutely. Absolutely. People don't realize that the 49ers are a run first team. And they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. All they were – one, they were one completion away from beating the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. If Jimmy Garoppolo can hit, um, you know, um, hit Emmanuel Sanders, right? Um, the 49ers are still in it. They are run first team. The Rams, believe it or not, it's the same offense because Sean McVay learns from the Shanahan's when they were with the Washington football team. They're run first offense. Everything comes off the run. It's play action shots down the field, right? They're run first offense. Um, Packers summarily, of course, with, with, with Rogers, you're going to play it maybe a little bit different. Titans became the number one seed. You know, they're run first offense. They didn't lose because they are run first. They lost because the quarterback started throwing interceptions. His first pass of the game was intercepted. His last pass of the game was intercepted. Okay. So yeah, you can still win being a run first you're just going to have to have versatility i mean you're sooner or later your quarterback is going to have to make plays okay. so no i don't think the coach need to change by design what they do they just need a player particularly at the quarterback position as we say it yeah. who can execute the design of what they currently do solomon wilcott's with us all right solomon put you on the hot seat before i let you go who do you like in the super bowl who's playing uh, for the afc who's playing for the nfc a couple of sundays from now you know, my heart's telling me the Bengals are going to be able to beat the Chiefs again because they did beat them week 17. But my head tells me it'll probably be the Chiefs considering they're playing at home and they're used to playing this game four straight years. I think they're going back to the Super Bowl. And I think they'll be playing the Rams. Yeah. I, I, listen, the 49ers have beaten the Rams six straight times, including twice this season. So I think the Rams are ready. I, th- I do believe uh, that defense – um, with Aaron Donald and, and Vaughn Miller, I think they're ready. Jimmy G's not 100% healthy, and I think he's taken them rather far. It took the special teams to pull the Niners out of that game against the Green Bay Packers. Right. Um, and Jimmy G didn't make enough plays, but it just goes to show you good defense and special teams can do it. But I don't think it'll get it done against the Rams. So I'm thinking Chiefs and Rams are going to be meeting in L.A. Rams get to play in their home stadium. <laughs> Solomon Wilcots, former NFL safety, former Bengal. He's on the NFL Network as an analyst in Sirius XM NFL Insider. Uh, Solomon, where can we see you again and hear you again the rest of these NFL playoffs? Well, you can check me out every morning on Sirius XM NFL Radio where I'm 
I host the Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, the opening drive on Sirius XM NFL Radio. You also, wherever you find your podcast, you can find me on the Believe in Bengals podcast, B-L-E-A-V, on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. Myself and Adam Pac-Man Jones, we got just got done wrapping up a recording, um, talking about the divisional round uh, game and the win over the Titans in the expected conference championship against the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can always follow me at Solomon's Wisdom um, on Twitter. So I uh, appreciate you having me on, Matt. Absolutely. Great follow, great insight as always. Solomon Wolcott's outstanding. Thanks as always for the time, Solomon, and continued success, my friend. You're the best. Take care. Well done, Mate. Solomon Wilcox, we thank you. Don't forget, you can listen to him all weekend on Sirius XM. Uh, and what a weekend it is to do that with these NFL playoffs coming, the conference championships, which we are going to talk about right after this. Also, we're going to get you caught up on a little Jonathan Taylor info in our forum credit union question of the week. The last word, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. My name is Goreman. We're back after this. <laughs> talk Colts football every Friday on The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Welcome back to The Last Word, 93.5 and 107.5. The fam, my name is Jeffrey Gorman. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts is here. And Matey, let's talk a little forum credit union question of the week. If you're driving around town right now or you're listening in your kitchen, put your thinking caps on and try to get this one, all right? Because I already know the answer and I feel smart every week, all right, Matey? You so here we go. Forum yeah, you, you do union. always feel smart. You, you have this smug attitude whenever you ask me these questions. Bro, do you not get it? I've been doing Alex Trebek on this show for years. Like, no idea until you tell me what the answer is, and then I give the answer like I've known it my whole life. Are you ready? Let's do Jonathan it. Jonathan Taylor's game-worn jersey from the 2021 season is getting its own display at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, to commemorate a season in which he became the youngest player ever to top 2,000 yards from scrimmage and to score 20 total touchdowns. Taylor became just the fourth Colt to lead the NFL in rushing for a single season. Give me the other three. Oh, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. I mean, we no, talked. No, you can't. Yeah. Dude, you weren't, we weren't even thought of. Our parents were young when one when one guy had it. wasn't even a thousand yards. This was all we talked about in the last you know month of the season as Jonathan Taylor crept towards this uh, accomplishment. So it was Edger and James, who I think did it twice in '99 and 2000. Correct. Uh, Eric, Dick- Eric Dickerson, don't ask me the year. And then <laughs> yeah. 88. Alan, and then Alan Amici, the Baltimore Colts, accomplished that. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be in your 70s to remember, you know, send Amici at me, but a great player and somebody nobody wanted to tackle back in the day, but he ran for 961 rushing yards in 1955. Jonathan Taylor going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, at least his jersey is. Visit the Fan Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com to interact with other fans online. You can post a topic, participate in various discussions regarding your Colts Forum Credit Union, helping other members live their financial dream. Let's do this thing. It's the weekend. Let's bust out the grab bag. The NFL never sleeps. This is the NFL Grab Bag on The Last Word. 
This NFL grab bag brought to you by our friends at Meyer Local Sports are a victory for our entire community, building leaders, teaching integrity, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer is proud to support and sponsor local sports throughout Indiana. Because when we support the home team, we all win. We got Kansas City favored by seven over the Bengals. It's a kickoff at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Let's go. Maytay, go to your gut. Who's winning this thing and why? Uh, my gut is saying it's it's Kansas City after that performance we saw last week. You know, they put me to shame when I said they were not as explosive as they have been in years past. They shut me up pretty hard on that. But I'm going with with my heart here. I've been going with my heart these entire playoffs with the Cincinnati Bengals. So they are going to the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow. How about Joe Burrow, by the way, earlier this week saying that it gets way louder in the SEC than in any of these NFL stadiums. Arrowhead's a little bit of a different animal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see how the Bengals respond if they do find themselves in any adversity early on in that game. But my heart is saying Cincinnati. My gut is saying Kansas City. But I'm going with my heart. That's going to overrule everything else. Okay, fair enough. I like Mahomes and uh, and the Chiefs to wax them. It's just too big of a uh, – uh, you know, I, I love Joe Burrow's swagger, and he's got weapons everywhere. It's just not his time. You know what I'm talking about. It's just not yeah. his time, Matt. Just you're going to be there. We got we got years to watch you perform, but just not this year. All right, let's go to the 6:30 kickoff. The 49ers. Uh, nobody had them here. Let's be honest. Jimmy Garoppolo leading the nobody. way. It's Stafford and the Rams. Rams are favored by three and a half. Who do you like, Matty Ochi? Yeah, I like I like the Rams in this game. But the crazy thing is, the 49ers have beaten the Rams six straight times. It's a little bit inexplicable, but I think the Rams at home get the job done. Although, when you talk about home field advantage, I'm not so sure if it's going to be there because I don't know if you saw this earlier this week. Vivid Seats, right, the third-party ticketing broker. Vivid Seats projects 65% of the fans at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles on Sunday to be 49ers fans. Oh, Lord. Because, right, I mean, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. The Rams are still somewhat new to L.A. I mean, if you're under the age of 45 out in Los Angeles, you probably probably grew up a 49ers fan because there was no football in your city for decades. So you either rooted for the 49ers or the Packers or the Cowboys or whoever. And plus San Francisco to L.A., that's a doable drive in the car. So there's going to be a lot of 49er fans in the stands, even though it's a it's a home game technically for the Rams. Stan Kroenke, obviously the move back to Los Angeles for the Rams, it cost a boatload, and this is what he has to deal with as owner of the Rams. I have a home playoff game, a championship game in my own barn. It's the reason why I bought this team and took them to Los Angeles, and now you're telling me it's 60-40 49ers fans? No <laughs> way! I mean, that's a huge failure. Well, the last time. Huge it, failure. I mean, when these two teams played each other in the regular season in Los Angeles, Matthew Stafford said oh. he had to go to a, a silent count to get the playoff. Oh, my God. That is just, I'm just talking, Matt. You know, you want to have a, a you know an assemblance order in your own house. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, it's going to be a tough place to win. Not there. My God, 60-40. Ben Roethlisberger, whether you love him, whether you hate him, right. you have to respect what the guy's done in one place his whole career. We'll remember the tackle of Nick Harper for years to come around here. One of the best assembled Colts teams ever, ever losing a playoff game at home wide right. Ben, I'll always be remembered in my eyes, Matt, as making an open field, 50-yard line, one-handed tackle on Nick Harper after a Jerome Bettis fumble that I thought he was going to take the whole to the house. Yeah, I mean, 18 years in the NFL. I mean, for me, Ben will go down as part of that 
that golden age of NFL football for me. I mean, I know that's different for other people, but that's when I was in high school and college and watching every week just as a hardcore fan. And you could book it every year. Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, those guys in the AFC title game, one of those quarterbacks, or oftentimes two of those quarterbacks in the AFC title game. I mean, if you look at his resume, never a part of a losing team, fifth in wins all time among quarterbacks, fifth in passing yards all time, and one of 12 uh, starting quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowl titles. As you said, love him or hate him, you got to respect him because he he truly is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. He gets the praise and the accolades and everything that he finally deserves when he's done. Because, Matt, he wasn't mentioned with the Mannings and the Bradys. You know what I'm saying? And the Breezes. He was never mentioned in that handful of quarterbacks who were successful in the NFL. Don't forget that. He was always the guy looking up at those guys, yet he's got a couple of Super Bowl titles, and he, he'll, he'll waltz in as a oh, first-team yeah. Hall of Famer. I mean, surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt Absolutely. about it. And so it's not, to your point, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And there's no debating where he finished, and he's going to have his bust in Canton for for all eternity. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Hey, it's the last word right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Matty Ochi, I appreciate the time and the help and the discussion. We're going to keep it going through the playoffs and through the Super Bowl, naturally, and also find out what's going on offseason in Coltsville. We will bring it to you. We can also uh, do that on Colts.com. Don't forget to download the Colts app. It's the last word on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. For Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, my name is Goreman. Coming up next, ESPN Radio, a little Spain and Fitz. And then after that, our Pacers are at the OK City Thunder. We'll talk to you next week. Give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. I'm just a